have a tendency to believe that we're in a kind of democratized world, but we're not. We're in a highly conflicted world. Facebook is tracking you in case you didn't know. Is that okay? And they're going to give you the option to say no, that is not that is not okay. And effectively kill marketing funnels on Facebook. We are in the age of cooperation. I mean, look at Microsoft, you know, Salesforce. You're listening to Part in the Disruption presented by Acuerdo.io, the digital orchestration agency. This is week five. Right off the bat here, Apple versus Facebook, they're at it again. I mean, there's been tension between Apple and Facebook for years. Um, There's been legal battles, um, and now Facebook is considering suing Apple. Uh, Why? Because uh, Apple is pro-privacy. Facebook is apparently pro-business and tracking everyone, like anti-privacy, depending on who you ask. And um, they've essentially, Apple in their new update has rolled out uh, an option that's going to tell you Tell the common user who does not know this already, if you don't know this, I'm sorry, but they're going to tell you now that, you know, Facebook is tracking you in case you didn't know. Is that okay? And they're going to give you the option to say, no, that is not, that is not okay. And effectively kill marketing funnels on Facebook. Frank, thoughts? Well, look, I, you know, we're talking about like, who is the bad guy? Uh, who is the good guy? I don't think there are any black hats and white hats in this room. And the big problem that, that we see out there right now is that like these two organizations have gone from the enabler, right, of all good things to the controller of all things. And that is that the privacy um, but it's not just privacy. It's it's also the fact that they can control technology as it enters into the market. So we are not experiencing like the glory days of technology as it rolled out. It is being curated for us within the context of how Facebook and Google and, and Apple want us to experience it. Here's, here's the thing. Look, follow the money. Follow the money. This is not about, um, you know, their revenue. Look at their balance sheet. Look at the balance sheet of the things, the big moguls, you know, the oil companies and, and the manufacturers, the robber barons of the early days, you know, you went to their balance sheet to see what they controlled insurance companies, where they investing, look at the tech companies. Now look at the cash that they have on hand, the cash that Apple has on hand, the liquidity is insane. And so is their investments. So that's kind of like the sets the table for not, you know, privacy being what we feel personal. But like the larger scope of this is like domain control. And and so that's why I think we should all be watching this a little bit more closely. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, the, the message that they're sending loud and clear is if, if you're being perceived as a bad guy, then find another bad guy. Right. So that's that's kind of the battle. Like Facebook is saying, no, actually, Apple's the bad guy. They are anti small business. And fa- Apple's saying, no, Facebook, you're the bad guy. You're tracking everything we're doing and we want you to stop. Yeah. So, like, they're at just opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Yeah. And if you look at the Facebook news, that, that opposite ends of the spectrum, like, there's there are people out there looking at, like, trying to break up Facebook, right? Almost like breaking up, you know, the, the, AT&T into the baby bells. A monopoly, right? It's a monopoly. Monopolies don't exist anymore. We just have antitrust lawsuits everywhere, right? That's correct. Yeah. That is correct. Which is why people are like looking at IPOs differently too, right? So once you step into the IPO world, like the the area of like constraint and governance, you know, comes upon you. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And that's Apple versus Facebook. And we're out of time. We're there we go. Uh, jumping out to the next one. Frank, fintech goes public. You were talking about IPOs a second ago. And now we're talking about like fintech as a whole going public. Uh, Plaid made their announcements that they're attempting to go public. Something happened and they're slowing that down. And then Coinbase uh, in the crypto space, like crypto, you know, Bitcoin has, has bubbled up again. And uh, it's, it's exceeding expectations again. And 
uh, Coinbase is like the platform, like the number one platform that everyone gets involved in when they first get into like Bitcoin and whatnot. And they've announced that they're going public. They're skipping the IPO route and going just direct. That's so, right. So Frank, talk about uh, talk about this. I mean, fintech as a whole, like we've seen fintech. You know, fintech is you know uh, something near and dear to our hearts uh, as uh, some of our clients and whatnot. But you know, it's interesting to see like how fintech is evolving so quickly, so rapidly, and, and so important importantly right now. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, you know last year we kind of like um, unpacked and talked a little bit about like this um, RX framework, this this um, recovery framework that we put out in our cinematic presentation, um, and. One of the things that we talked about, there will be winners and losers. And in fintech is, is like a really almost like a classic little case to look at. And you could almost look at it across all sorts of different industries um, where, where there are organizations that need to be transforming. But then there are other organizations coming up which don't have that brick and mortar footprint. And they're, they're leaping over the top of them. So they're literally almost jumping into front space. Plaid was a plug-in, right? An API construct, you know, and the, a way to essentially onboard people, you know, and pull banking system data in and everything else. It's really, really super powerful. I've used it, you know, myself in integrations, working with clients, you know, to, to spool up their fintech environments. It's awesome. But it was a component. Now, you know, with additional funding, they're going to become more than just a component. They're going to become an aggregator. They're going to buy other people. They're going to fold that in. And so they're going to become a leader. Where, where Plaid is going to go, where some of these other technologies with blockchain are going to go, um, the traditional FinServe world has a lot of catch-up to do. And they have capital to do it, but the race is on. And you can see it right now. The energy around FinTech is ginormous. And I think that's just going to leapfrog to other industries as well. Yeah, and you know, as we're looking at companies that like in the fintech, how they're also like getting into into uh, blockchain and in the crypto space, like how that rapid acceleration is happening as well. That's right. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see, like you know, uh, you know, there's people that are, are on both sides of it where they're like afraid of blockchain and afraid of the technology, afraid of uh, adapting to it and afraid of embracing it. Mm -hmm. And then you see these other companies like Coinbase that on the other side of the spectrum, like they've just like blown up in growth. And like one thing's for sure, like Bitcoin, blockchain, all that stuff is not going anywhere. Um, you call it a bubble, you call it whatever you want, but it's, uh, it's continuing to increase in value. It's continuing to increase in popularity. And it's something that, you know, well, a lot of people are striving for. I yeah. mean, and you saw it really like, well, we're done. We're out of time. We'll catch up on this more. Let's go next. Yes, next. All right, up next. Uh, Salesforce, Amazon, and Alphabet uh, invested into a $28 billion company, Databricks. What the heck is this about? So Databricks, a uh, company that is set to analyze data. So Frank, I mean, uh, we deal in the data. We deal in the details. You, you, you can confuse you can confuse people uh, left and right, sideways, upside down with um, the data that's out there, data lakes, data warehousing, mm -hmm. like all these acronyms that we have. Like essentially people are just having, like we're having a hard time analyzing all this data. We have too much data. We're swimming in data and we don't know how to make it actionable enough. Mm -hmm. We still don't. Like to some degree we do, but we're still trying, we're still trying to like, leverage all this data we have out there yeah well you know what's interesting is is that like we are in the age of cooperation i mean look at microsoft you know salesforce salesforce already has a bi solution i mean they purchased snowflake you know and snowflake is a data lake you know technology and it's a bi based technology and it's actually pretty darn fabulous um come across it work with it all the time 
Um, this is really interesting because there's more around automation. And this is what we're seeing. Like if we're looking at like a, a marketing organization where you're trying to get all this data, this customer data, um, like in the acquisition process or in the adoption process, you're, you're pulling in all this data and you need to crunch it and analyze it. Um, that is becoming really, really super important. It has been for a while, but like the, where methodologies meet the technologies is coming to um, a head and it's pushing into automation. And that's the beautiful part of it. And that's the part right here, the Databrick. The Databrick is really, it's in the cloud, just like Snowflake, but it's 100% in the cloud. And it's really, really focused on automation. That's, that's the key. And that's where people are having a struggle right now. It's like, great, you know, I have the data, right? The next question is, so what? So I, what? I have the data. Yeah. <laughs> what decisions do I need to make? What does this tell me? And then, you know, what are all the dials that I need to turn going forward? And this is going to like jump in and it's going to marry together with, you know, Einstein and Salesforce and everything else to create more automation inside of business. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, um, you know, in business, we've been like, we've had this mindset of like, okay, is it easy enough to get the data? Yes. Cool. Then get the data. I want all the data. Give me all the data. Give it all to me right now. I want all the data. Right. Like, you ask any CEO of any company, like, do you want data? Do you want more data? Yes. Yes, I want more data. Um, it's just like, you know, it's just like figuring out like what to do with that data is, is still like that uh, that untapped mystery. It's getting solved day by day. Uh, it's getting solved by companies like Databricks. Uh, it's getting solved by AI and machine learning. Um, but, you know, we'll just continue to, to see that story evolve even more and more uh, to like the actual outcomes that we can make from that data, right? It's not about the data. It's about like looking at the data and saying, based on this data, you know, we need to uh, close on Sundays. Yeah. We need to open on Sundays. Yeah. Right? It's going to make businesses smarter. They're going to have to think differently. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Up next, uh, South by Southwest TV. So South by Southwest, uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, um, it's the, one of the large, I mean, it's the largest like tech event in the United States. I, I, I would dare say like the Northern hemisphere and dare say the world. Uh, mm -hmm. it's something that, uh, flocks people from all over the world that come to this event. And of course, uh, during these times, we are yet again, uh, as last year, South by Southwest is not canceled. It's just not going to be in person mm -hmm. along with every other event uh, out there pretty much. Mm -hmm. So what have they done instead? Uh, instead of going like the traditional virtual event route, which there still is like a c component of that, South by Southwest is has basically teamed up with um, I forget who. Brightcove. Brightcove. They teamed up with Brightcove, and they built South by Southwest TV. So mm -hmm. available on Apple TV, Android TV, Samsung TV, etc. Anywhere you watch TV, now you can sign up with their subscription, with their pass to like be a part of South by Southwest TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think um, actually it's a really good thing. Uh, it's going to be interesting. First of all, big score for Brightcove. Well done. Well done, Brightcove. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think also it, this is going to be a bridge. This is a bridge to the live event next year. So like this year will be hybrid or not hybrid. It'll be hundred percent digital. Next year will be both physical and digital and um, watch the audience grow. Right. So what is it going to do? Some people who never would have come to this event are going to watch it on TV and go like, I got to get there. I got to get there next year. So next year will be like compounded. So I think it's going to give them tremendous growth. Um, you know, the big, big attraction of a place like, you know, South by is just, the collision of human atoms, right? It's just people just bumping into each other, discovering things um, in a very like natural and, and native way. 
it'll be interesting to see how that they how they integrate that into here. But I think it's going to create ultimately, you know, growth for the platform. I also want to say, like you talked about technology, it's not just technology; it's technology, film, and music. And so this, it's this how they're going to blend all of that together. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be pretty great. And I think the pricing is, you know, rather than grabbing, you know, $1,200 for, you know, an all access pass, you know, you're in there for 250 to 350, depending upon where you buy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely feeling the compression of the new clock we just added. So I summarized <laughs> just to tech. I feel, I feel myself like talking faster as I'm moving along through here. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's great. It's I, actually, don't, I don't want my wife to find this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, just wrapping up by South by Southwest um, TV, like, you know, I think p- people are, are feeling the fatigue from the digital event. Um, but, you know, we, we discussed this earlier. You know, you are either a digital business or you're not. And so that's playing out. That's playing out over the course of this year. It played out over the course of last year. And we're going to see that more. Like either you get this whole digital landscape or you don't. And you, you're adapting digitally or you're just stuck in the physical world. Like their alternative is they don't have an alternative. They, they do this or they die. Yeah. Right. So they have to do this and they're doing what they need to do. Blessing in disguise. Yes. Uh, next, uh, nine hacks to, um, to DB. So nine hacks to digital business uh, you know first of all pet peeve like why do we, we try to hack everything um, when really like it's just hard work that takes precedence here. but uh, I digress so nine hacks to um, accelerate digital business um, this is something that was posted up by Gartner some ideas that they posted up and uh, we, we may agree or disagree on some of these hacks but you know essentially it's you know how can you how can you adapt in this digital business world that we're now forced in um, certain hacks such as like, you know, hack number one, no isn't allowed. Um, you can't just say, um, th- this won't work. You say, how could this work? Frank, what are your thoughts on this stuff? I, what, what stuck out to you in this one? Well, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, I think that there's some like really positive things about it because one is it maybe it establishes the fact that like you want to, um, establish uh, a culture of being uh, positively critical. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, Critical criticism doesn't have to be a negative, you know, if used and, and harnessed correctly. But changing for the sake of change um, could create like internal chaos, throwing things out without discernment. You know, like if you're going to have critical, then that means you have to be open to challenge. And so if it's a, hey, there's no no's in this, you know, we're, we're setting up you know, kind of an artificial, you know, type of, of process that may not lead to you know, positive things, because, you know, that would mean that like every single individual in the process is rational, you know, uh, every single person has equal level of power. Like we know that organizations where more than four are gathered, you know, there is dysfunction. And so, um, so there we are. I mean, that's, to me, I think that there, these are some, these are thought provoking, actionable, actionable, maybe. No, um, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but the fact that we would, you know, try to live in like these, these confides, these paradigms of like these hacks and like without these hacks, like we're not going to be a digital business. Like that's, that's kind of the issue that I take with it Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the sense of like, okay, like hack number seven, red light, green light. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, it's, uh, I guess to, to one degree, like it's, 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 it's cool. It's cute. It's clever. Um, you know, we should, we should, uh, in meet like in meetings, you can be like CEO, Red light, red light, red light. Let me get Matthew McConaughey over here to give you green light, okay? Yeah. Hold on, he's not here yet. Like, come on, like, it's, it's not practical, I don't think. I think it's cute. I think it's a great idea. I think uh, the intention is there. I think it means well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately um, we're going to need more than nine hacks to be a digital business. 
Yeah, I think I think it's good because this is like uh, it's thought provoking. So like you should look at this, read it. The thought is, hey, we need to have more voices at the table. Um, we need to criticize. We need to not be drinking our own Kool Aid all the time. Um, but at the same time, there's got to be like some temperance and some wisdom, um, a little bit of discernment, a dash of discernment in there um, to make it work. Well, one thing I do love is hack number nine, hold a weekly break the rules meeting. I actually do like that one a lot. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, uh, SpaceX has launched um, 143 satellites. When did they launch them, Frank? When did they launch them? Yeah. I don't have the exact date. What What was the exact date on them? I mean, this was recent. This is recent. So, yeah. So, um, in the in the in the most recent times, they've launched 143 like which is like doesn't really matter how like that could be five years, it could be one year, it could be six months, it doesn't matter. Even if it's five years, that's still impressive. 143 satellites have been launched. I imagine them with big bumper pads on them as they're just bumping against each other out there in space. <laughs> There's just so many of them. You know, I think it's um, this is really powerful. I mean, we used to think about satellites as being like a few satellites, but like now the proliferation of smaller you know, satellites, you know, single purpose, single focused, you know, types of things. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, and I think that, you know, it's speaking to, you know, we talk about globalization, we talk about intel gathering, you know, all that still goes on. Like, I think that we have a tendency to believe that we're in a kind of democratized world, but we're not, we're in a highly conflictive world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, government, uh, commerce, you know, you think about government and you think about like conflicts between governments. Well, there's, there's conflicts that run right through all of these companies as well. So you have these organizational company-based satellites out there that are gathering Intel. We go back to our big data and our crunching big data. Um, Guess how much data is being connect, collected there? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I did get fact-checked. Um, SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket carried 143 satellites into orbit on a jam-packed rideshare mission on Sunday. So 143 satellites in one trip. That's amazing. One trip. That's one drop. One drop, 143. So it wasn't five years. It was one day. Yeah, and when you think about SpaceX, too, I mean, we're always thinking about, like, you know, um, like people traveling into space. You know, there's always that thought of the, that personal travel, um, that, you know, um, that cross the world travel, that global travel. But, like, this is way more impactful. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, definitely so. I mean, it, it's just, uh, just a testament to, you know, the guy, the one man, Elon Musk, to take on NASA, right? Um, it's a testament to entrepreneurs. It's a testament to um, capitalism. It's a testament to, you know, Building, building businesses and, and why everyone needs to be adaptable, become the most digitally adaptable that they can in mm -hmm. business. You know, earlier we touched on the whole concept of like, you know, like what's happening, you know, with Facebook and what's happening. You know, like we're just talking about like radical change. Yes. And, and, and there's a lot of radical change that's happening. It's happening. Like whether you like it or not, you know, whether you close your eyes, you go into a room, you close the door, you turn off, like it's happening. And so embracing these things, harnessing these technologies, um, doing it in as much of a human fashion as possible. Don't feel overwhelmed by it, you know, divide and conquer, but like definitely lean into it. All of these things are going to do nothing more than create radical opportunity for businesses. And to the point, are you, you're either a digital business or you're not. And that's capital N, capital O, yes, capital T. You, yes. you will become not. Yep. Frank, that's the show. See you next week. Absolutely. Shalom.
Hey, what's up? Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button right now on whatever platform you're using and share this with at least one person. Just share this with one friend. That would mean the world to us. And if you haven't heard already, we are building a community for digital experience enthusiasts. If you're interested in this, text the word disruption to 512-790-7226. That's 512-790-7226. Send us a message. We'll respond to you right away. We'll be chatting directly with Frank and Kyle. Or you could always just send the word, hey, that works too. See you next week.